स्पाइस रेडियो और रेडियो रिमझिम सुन रहे हैं आप गपशप का प्रोग्राम है हमारी घड़ियों में बाद दोपहर के दो बजकर दस मिनट हुआ चाहते हैं अब से लेके तीन बजे तक आपका और हमारा साथ रहेगा हमारे आज के इस कार्यक्रम में जिसका नाम बड़े प्यार से हमने गपशप रखा है क्योंकि इसमें वो सभी बातें जो आज आपकी नज़रों में अटकेंगी खटकेंगी और दिल में समाएंगी उन सबको लेकर हम हाजिर हैं ये बताते हुए कि बाहर का मौसम खुशनुमा है वादे के मुताबिक धूप निकल आई है आज कल परसों मे बी संडे तक भी काफ़ी ज़्यादा धूप हो और आप बाबिक्यू वगैरह कर सकें हमने सोचा आज के इस कार्यक्रम में सबसे पहले अमित मिड्डा के साथ हमने आपकी मुलाकात करवाई उनका जो शो है इस वीकेंड को हो रहा है तीस तारीख को और बाय वन एंड गेट वन टिकट फॉर फ्री ये इस समय दे रहे हैं एंड मे बी आज का दिन सिर्फ इफ़ यू आर इंटरेस्टेड इन बाइंग दोज टिकट्स गो हैड एंड बाय दम राइट नाउ ऑन टिकट मास्टर फॉर द शो विद अली जफ़र और वादे के मुताबिक हमारे साथ आज डेविड सिद्धू हैं मैं डेविड सिद्धू से बात करने से पहले उनके बारे में थोड़ा सा बताना चाहती हूँ मैं यहाँ पे कनाडा में 1972 में आई थी और आते सारी मैंने ब्रॉडकास्टिंग शुरू की एंड आई गॉट द क्रेडिट ऑफ बीइंग द फर्स्ट वुमन ब्रॉडकास्टर इन द साउथ एशियन कम्यूनिटी एंड वेरी क्विकली बिकेम वेरी पॉपुलर एंड वेरी फेमस एंड एंड आई गॉट टू मीट सम रियली इंटरेस्टिंग पीपल इन द कम्यूनिटी हमारी कम्यूनिटी में छोटे बच्चे जो थे हमारा प्रोग्राम सुन रहे थे वो जब बड़े होने शुरू हुए स्टार्टेड गेटिंग इनटू स्पोर्ट्स एंड वन नेम केम इन फ्रंट ऑफ मी एंड दैट वाज डेविड सिद्धूज नेम एंड ही फ्रॉम आर कम्युनिटी वाज वन ऑफ द फर्स्ट फुटबॉल प्लेयर्स यूबीसी में थंडरबर्ड्स के साथ वो फुटबॉल खेलते थे और हमारे प्रोग्राम के ज़रिए मैंने उनसे मुलाकात भी की उनसे बात भी की और आज बहुत दिनों के बाद सोच रही हूँ कि प्रोग्राम में उनको बुलाएं उनके बारे में उनकी ज़िंदगी के बारे में पता करें एंड ही इज़ माय गेस्ट टुडे टिल थ्री ओ क्लॉक डेविड योर मोस्ट वेलकम इन आर प्रोग्राम हाउ आर यू डूइंग Shushma, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a long while. You're looking good. You look the same as when I first met you 15, <laughs> 20 years ago. Except of the white hair, huh? Yeah, that looks actually makes you look more regal, you know. <laughs> David, um, you know, football. Uh, our community is crazy about uh, cricket. I know, but football is something totally different. Why? How? And why did you get involved in that? Yeah, it's interesting question that you pose. Now, our 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 youth right now are really involved in a lot of different sports, uh, particularly. Uh, football and hockey right now. Yes. I remember a few years ago when the Vancouver Canucks got into the Western Conference final. Right. All of Surrey was going crazy outside <laughs> when we won game 7. <laughs> It was like we won the Stanley Cup. So That's right. our kids are getting more and more involved in sports, which is really nice to see. Yes. But uh, I grew up in a traditional a Sikh family um in the uh, early 60s and 70s in in New Westminster and Chishma we were one of the first Indo-Canadian/South Asian families in the neighborhood. Really? Yeah, so it was it was a it tough It was even different. Oh yeah, it was di- it was difficult. It was a tough time because no one really knew where to place us. Yes. And uh the color our culture, <clears throat> we tried to keep our culture. You know, my parents were my mom wants the sari at home. Mm. You know, my cousins and uncles were turbans. Yes. So it was at that time it was quite a, a I would probably say a, a racially racially charged atmosphere that I grew up mm. in and it was um you know something where i think someone with a less of a, a personality that that didn't have like a strong sen- uh, sense of themselves yes. could have cowered over it instead i used that as motivation you know i i always wonder for young sikh boys when they have to cut their hair right and sort of fit in with the society 
Some of them do it because it's necessary for them to do it. Some of them don't have qualms about it and do it because they feel that if they've left their homeland and they've, they're not practicing Sikhs, um, Gursik or something like that, that it is okay for them to do that. For you as a child, your dad wore turban, your you know relatives wore turban, and you cut your hair. What age were you when you cut your hair? You know, I can only only remember from even being such a young child, um, yeah. having my hair cut. Um, my my father uh, took his turban off after after many years of being here in Canada. My uncles, when my father brought my uncles here, yeah, uh, his brothers, uh, they all cut their hair when they came. They they used the word when I was around the kitchen table, and that's right. where I learned my Punjabi too. <laughs> uh, was that we assimilated into yeah. the culture? There you we go. tried to be part of the culture yeah. and not lose our, our own culture. We went to the church a lot every right. Sunday, yeah. the Gurdwara, mm. um, and uh, we, we tried to keep, you know, around the table. We would always eat dinner together, mm. um, you know, talk about what our day was like. Um, and, and my parents always encouraged me and my brothers and sisters to speak Punjabi because mm. we, everyone was speaking English at school. Mm. So we spoke Punjabi at home, and that's where we learned Punjabi. And as far as football is concerned, you know, I was a, a, a young kid seven, eight, nine years old, trying to figure out where I, where I belonged. And, um, you know, people were calling us a lot of racist names and, mm. and, uh, and it was tough. But when, when I got out on the, on the basketball or football or, or sports field, baseball, mm. everybody was equal. Yes. You're just a teammate. Mm-hmm. And that actually made me feel really comfortable as a young, young Indo-Canadian man growing up in, in, in the world of sports. And, and the sport that I was really good at, Shishma, was, and it was easy for me, was football. Mm. And that's sort of how I started. It became part of who I am, and it, became, it gave me confidence among my peers. Now, after we left the field, again, I became that South Asian Indo-Canadian again. So, it was weird. <laughs> which is very weird, right. So the difference between soccer and football, I come from East Africa. Mm-hmm. I've lived in England. So soccer is different there, and it's called football, whereas it's called soccer here. So what is football and what is soccer? Yeah, it's American football. <laughs> American football is the one, the NFL and the Canadian Football League you know, there's a 110-yard field or 120-yard yes. field. carry the ball and you run with you it. You carry the ball, run with it, or you're on defense and you try and stop the other guys. Now, ah. the traditional football, European football, is the soccer that we saw at World Cup. That's right. Uh, and that's probably one of the biggest sports in the world. And that's the one that people kick, like Ted Lasso, right? That- that's funny, <laughs> <laughs> the Ted Lasso co- co- comedian, yeah, on Netflix. That's and that's right. we just had the World Cup. Yes. Where Argentina won. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So that is not football, no, that's soccer. That's European okay. soccer. So so to play uh, football, American football, you have to catch the ball and there are lines, you know, where you have to beat your com- opponent and you have to be a fast runner and yet you're wearing all those heavy things on you. You have to have a lot of stamina for that. Yeah, you know, you had different positions, Shishma. My position was defensive back, so you okay. had to be fast, you had to be quick, and you had to have intuition. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have all three of those things. And I can only thank my coaches for recognizing that to no matter what race I was, it didn't matter. I could help the team, and they wanted me on the team. Mm. And because of that, they became my family, as well as my home family. Mm. And I did everything I could to 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 win games for my teammates and my coaches and they did the same for me trying to get me through school got me scholarships at university got me jobs part-time because we didn't have a lot of money i didn't couldn't afford to go to university 
And right. my father was a sawmill worker in the green chain. My mom picked blueberries, strawberries, raspberries. Mm. We picked blueberries, strawberries, raspberries every summer. If we didn't work, my dad told us to get out of the house, go <laughs> find a job from when we were eight years old. No so kidding. So we, we worked, worked hard. We saved up our money and we didn't have a lot. But with the help of my coaches and the help of the, the jobs they gave me, I was able to go to university. On a, wow. How many in the family when you were little? Uh, and what, what number are you in the packing order? You know, I had three older sisters, yes. one older brother, one younger brother, so, and then me. So there were six of us. <laughs> six of us vying for that. And I was the only one actually that gravitated to sports. Really? And, and yeah. no, no, none of your other brothers wanted to do that? No, my younger brother followed afterwards. Yes. Uh, and uh, um, my older brother, no, he was an academic. Yes. And my sisters never... It was not encouraged in the no. community back then. No, right? no, it wasn't. It was always let be a doctor, lawyer, accountant. Yes. Go to university. Yep. You know, my older brother, uh, he was the first, one of the first uh, South Asians to went to go to university. Went to UBC and he graduated. Wow. And he started working in the government, and we were really proud of him for for accomplishing that. You know, it, it is amazing, um, and I call your family a pioneer family. That that um, had were you born here? Were you born in India? I was born here. You were born here, so your parents were very Royal young Columbian Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> True blue Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> so I do find it very interesting when kids born here are still asked, "Where do you come from?" Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. My son was born here, uh, and. People ask him, where do you come from? And he says, Burnaby. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah, you know, they're much more tolerant now, though, than, than when I grew up. Right. Honestly, it, it's, it's a lot more opportunities. Yes. Um, a lot more um, uh, different types of professions you can go into. You don't have to be stereotyped and different pigeonholed into different careers. Mm. Our youth right now, I think, have an opportunity to do a lot and, and become whatever they want. They're, right. Then back in my day, it was either you do or die. Yeah. There was only one way out. Either you get an education or you get a job. Or for me, it was just unbelievable how I felt on the football field. I felt oh. so free, Shishma. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about it. Let's take a very short commercial break. Get the program paid for. And we'll come back and talk to David Sidhu. He is my guest today. Um, I'm not going to tell everyone when you were born, but, you know, he's, he's a very young guy, <laughs> younger than, way younger than me. Um, we're going to take a short break and then we'll talk to him about uh, his run on the field and also uh, the work that he's doing right now for the youth and also his business um, tactics, etc. And that will be right after the short break. स्पाइस रेडियो और रेडियो रूम जिम सिंह आप गपशप का प्रोग्राम है डेविड सिद्धू आज हमारे गेस्ट हैं कनेडियन फुटबॉल प्रोफेशनल कनेडियन फुटबॉल प्लेयर पहले फॉर्मर और ब्रिटिश कोलंबिया की यूनिवर्सिटी यूबीसी के लिए जो उनकी टीम है थंडर बर्ड्स के लिए यू यूज टू प्ले राइट थंडर बर्ड्स ना यू I am doing a, a, a small program on UBC and the students that come to study at UBC. And I have found that a lot of um, students who are international students find that uh, there's a lot of racism there uh, in UBC. And there are professors who found that UBC is full of racism. Now, when you were playing for their team, Thunderbirds, did you feel any racism at that time? 
Not again. Not when I was on the field. No. And I, not in the classroom. Actually, I have a really, really neat story from right. UBC with one of my professors. Two of them, actually, one in business school. Yes. And one in English.、Uh, I I graduated from New West High School, which was a Fairly big school, but our classes were twenty, thirty people, and everybody knew me because I was pretty good at football.、Mm. And when I went to UBC, the classes were five hundred.、Mm. There were big, huge halls, and you were taught by a teaching assistant, not the real teacher. And I didn't know how to actually put a program together and study properly,、yeah. weightlift, practice, train, do all those things. I didn't. I didn't have anybody teach me that. I just、mm. got thrown into the fire. And、uh, I remember struggling. I took five classes at UBC, five courses, and you needed to pass three of them to、oh, stay in school、I、to、see. get nine credits.、Uh-huh. And if you didn't pass nine, you'd get kicked out of the university. And I was passing two of the five, <laughs> <laughs> and I was struggling in the other three classes. And I、right. remember an English teacher. I spoke to my English teacher, and I told him the predicament I'm in. I said, "Look, I play for football. I'm on a scholarship here. This is about my family background.、I'm、trying everything I can. And can you help me?" And he sat down and he helped me. With my essays, he showed me how to study. He gave me so much assistance and help, and I passed that course. Shishman stayed in school. No kidding. If it wasn't for his help, yeah, I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. The other professor, her name was Joan Pavlich, and、mm. she was in business school,、um, and、uh, she was wonderful as well. She she passed me after I gave a couple extra assignments to her, and when I first came back.、Mm. When I played my first game in the Canadian Football League from、mm. Saskatchewan Roughriders to BC Place、mm. in 1983, I was in the locker room getting changed, and there was an envelope, UBC envelope, in my locker, and、okay. a red rose. Wow! And I thought, oh my gosh! I said, maybe this is from my girl, my wife, Manji. <laughs> so I opened the card, and the card is from Joan Pavlich from UBC. And you know what、wow. she said in there? She、yeah. says, "I've given you the red rose of triumph." She says, "I knew you would always make it." You worked hard in my classroom, and I knew you would make it. And I was so proud of myself to, for for that moment. So at UBC, I had some very fond memories. Oh, that's nice. And that's why my coaches there helped me so much. That's why I gave back so much the last twenty five years to UBC. You, I want to talk about your philanthropy, but、uh, that's going to be at the end of the program. But in the meantime, you mentioned Manji,、uh, your wife.、Um, so did you? Was it a traditional、um, marriage? Was it? Was it love marriage? Was it、um, arranged marriage? How did it happen, and how were mom and dad about it? Actually, I, I was so fortunate because I, I can tell you it was love at first sight. <laughs> I, I know that we, we for know her co- or for you. Oh, for me, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For her, it was a tough, tough、uh, cookie to crack there. But、uh, Paul Matu, I remember Paul Matu. Yes, good yeah. friend of ours. Yeah, Paul Matu、uh, was really doing well in real estate at the time, and he put on a coed softball tournament、uh-huh. for for South Asians only,、mm. Met boys and girls. And he, his idea was that boys and girls could meet at these tournaments because、ah. it was hard for you, you to meet. Your, your same sort of uh, uh, culture. Yeah.、Uh-huh. So they asked me to go on their team, and they weren't very good. And、uh-huh. I was playing football at UBC, and I thought I don't want to go play. I'll get hurt, and I'll, I'll hurt myself for football. Yeah. But he said, "Please, we need help." Right. On the other side,、uh, Manji's vo- volleyball coach was part of this team. Yeah. And Manji was a very good athlete at Kitsilano High School. She was、right. a, a, almost athlete of the year. She did all the sports there at, at、wow. uh, Kitsilano. Very good athlete. So she got convinced to come. And she didn't want to go, but we. But when we didn't know each other, she lived in 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 Westside Vancouver. I lived in New Westminster. Right. You couldn't be further apart in the in the Lower Mainland. <laughs> and I was. They put me at center field because I was fast. Yes. And she was at shortstop, so I could see her. As soon as I saw her, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is a girl. This is she's just beautiful. Yeah. 
And I remember asking her to go for uh, to go get a drink at the corner store so I could talk to her and ask right. her out. Yeah. So we went for a little walk. It was about 10 minutes. We get to the counter to get the Coke. Yeah. And I forgot my wallet. I forgot my wallet at the backstop. So she had to pay for the Coke. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm a loser. She's never going to go out <laughs> with me now. So as we're coming back to the backstop, I said to her, I says, would you like to go for coffee sometime? Yeah. In her head, she's 17 years old and mm. I'm 20. Mm. I'm at UBC and she's just graduating from Kitsilano High School. Yeah. And she thought I was a little bit old, so yes. she wanted to give her time self to think. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And she said, we'd lost every game. We were playing against the best team in the tournament. Yes. And, I, and she says, well, if we win the next game, right? Oh. So she she's, has an out. And I must have hit five home runs. I scored like, <laughs> I don't know how many times. I caught every pa- ball in the outfield. <laughs> at the end of the game, we won. We won by one run, and I was bleeding my elbows, my knee. I was sweating. I ran up to her, and I said, so where are we going to go out? And she goes, no, I changed my mind and walked away. <laughs> and I said, well, can I at least have your number? And she goes, sure. And I'll still remember her number from this day. It's, 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 it's still etched in my memory because yes. we didn't have a pen either. Right. So I called her for two months, just talked to her once a week. I found out when her birthday was. I never asked her out again. Right. And I found out when her birthday was, sent her a dozen red roses. And on her birthday, I called her. And, 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 I, and when she answered the phone, I said, now will you go out with me? And she said, mm, okay, I guess so. The roses are nice. Thank you. And the rest is history. Two beautiful, beautiful boys and a 40-year a marriage next year, next December 2nd, wow. 2024. 40 years, eh? You've been yeah. married that long. Yep, very wow. fortunate. Best thing I ever did in my life, Shishma. Yes, yes, of course. A life partner and a person that you love very much and the person who loves you back, uh, that's very rare. And, it is. And you guys have two lovely kids, right? So let me take you back. And uh, when you were playing um, for uh, Saskatchewan, did you have to move here from here, right? You had to go and to Regina, to Regina and live yeah. there. Yeah, and and how was living in Regina? Because it's totally different from British Columbia. Yeah, no. When I first got there, uh, uh, there was all a bunch of players from the U.S. that came there. We're all at the airport, and I remember a bunch of the guys looking around and going, "What happened here? This is, looks like a nuclear bomb hit the place. Where's the mountains? Where's mm. the trees?" And I said, "Oh, this is the prairies, you guys. Saskatchewan, it's flat." Yes, totally. <laughs> Completely different, but the fans in Saskatchewan. The Rough Rider fans were incredible, and our Indo-Canadian community that was there, Shishma, right. was 100% behind me and incredible, very supportive. It was really nice to see, get invited to people's homes for dinner that were, that were South Asian, that families that came out to watch the games, people that, that came up to me and asked how their kids could get into football. It was a great community there in Regina. So when you were with the Rough Riders, how long was the tenure for? I five mean, years. Five years, eh? Yes. So did you have to live in Saskatchewan for that period? Well, the, the thing is, the winters there were so bad. Yeah. Right? So Manj and I, after the season in November, would pack up and come back home to Vancouver. Right. And we either live with her parents or we would rent an apartment. Right. And I would train the whole, the whole off season and then get ready to go back to camp the following May. Wow. Wow. So we did it back and forth. And, and when you left them and went to BC Lions... Mm-hmm. How was that? BC Lions and Rough Riders, if I asked you to compare both of them. Oh, totally different. Really? Oh, gosh. I felt so out of place here in BC. Yeah? I didn't feel myself. I played. I was so comfortable being a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. When I put the BC Lion uniform on, it didn't feel right on me, you know? <laughs> and I wasn't the same player at all either. So Would, would, you, would you say that five years playing as professional football player, I know it's not um, a long life, but... 
athletes don't have that longer life, right? I mean, yeah, their they, average is about two, three years. I could yes. have played a long time, Shishma, yeah. but you know, I I was watching some of my colleagues, and they were they were they were doing well. They were moving onto the west side of Vancouver from New Westminster. They were doing business, and so I I started talking to some people that were family friends. And, and family relatives about what they're doing. And they said they were in the stock market. Mm. And I didn't know anything about the stock market at that time. So I started learning. I took my securities course while I was playing football for Saskatchewan. I passed the course. And then I asked Saskatchewan to trade me to BC so I could do both. So I did both when I got traded. Right. In the morning at 5.30, I would get up and I'd work till 2.30 as, right. a, as a stockbroker at right. Canaram Investments. And then at 3 o'clock, I'd drive to Surrey. I'd do my weightlifting at four, I'd watch film, and then we'd practice till eight or nine o'clock, and then I'd drive home, go to bed at 10, get up again at 5.30, I did both. Wow. Now, a stockbroker, that's a totally different lifestyle, right? Yes. You, uh, as, as a football player, you run, 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 run. As a stockbroker, you sit, 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 and use your head. Also, it's a, a sharp high and a sharp low, isn't it? Yeah. yeah Stock no, it, market? Yeah, it is, it is, but you know, when you, when you, actually peel away all that all the trading and everything you're actually looking at projects that in different sectors like the oil and gas sector the mining sector or the biotech sector or the technology sector and there are different teams in all those different companies that mm. need money and need funding so it's not unlike sports shishma you have a captain of, of, a, of a business you have a ceo you have a chairman mm. you have directors it's the same as almost a team mm. so you put a good team together in business that's been successful at something mm. And then you help fund them, hmm. and then you take them public, raise them more money so they can expand and get better. And it's 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 almost like being on a, on, a, on a sports team. Wow. And so it, there were similarities, but the biggest similarity was in, in sports to get to a certain level, and this is what I'll tell our young youth, hmm. don't give up, don't quit. Hmm. It's easy to give up and quit. Yes. The ones that persevere and keep driving toward their dreams – those are the ones that make it make it. Steve Nash once told me, I was a scrawny little white kid in Santa Clara, and he said, when everybody would practice, at the end of practice, we'd have dinner, we'd all do our homework, we'd go to our dorms, and he said, as soon as we sat in our dorms and everybody started playing video games, mm. that was my cue to go back in the gym and shoot 500 foul shots. Wow. 500 three-point shots. Wow. The more you can do, the more you, the more harder, the hard work you can put in, that's what's going to make you a difference. It's the same in business. If yeah. you just want to punch a ticket and go in at eight, six thirty in the morning and leave at one thirty and go to the bar and drink, you're going to be average. <laughs> if you want to get up at five thirty, study the markets, work really hard, take your clients out for lunch, take them out for dinner, work eighteen hours a day, that's how you become successful. Don't give up. I want to talk a little bit about the stock market has always interested me and I've never understood it. And I want That to makes both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a very short commercial break and come back and find out what really makes you tick, you know? I mean, I always wonder, people like you, you know, um, what is it that drives you? So let's take a short break and we'll be right. Spice Radio, Radio Room, Jim Sindri, Gapshapka program hai. Today our special guest is David Sidhu and I have known him for so many years, ever since I've come to Canada and ever since I've seen him as a uh, CFL player. Um, I decided today that he should come and talk to us about his life and uh, what makes him tick. So football makes you tick and stock market makes you tick, I understand. 
And of course, your family makes you take, of course. Yes, <laughs> that's the most important, yeah. The, the most important linchpin. Um, stock market. You know, there's a lot of speculation in stock market. And right now, the thing that everybody talks about is the Bitcoin. You know, do you know anything about that? Would you, would you, would you shed some light on it? You know, Shishma, I wish I could really, but I I stayed away from those uh, uh, types of, you know, speculative, I- speculative industries yeah. that that I didn't understand. Bitcoin right. and uh, and uh, cryptocurrency. Right. Um, I know some people who've made a lot of money in Bitcoin, mm. and the idea behind it is 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 pretty novel. But it's not something that's bricks and mortars that I understand. Right. I'm more of a mining guy. Right. Um, and my whole career, I've been involved in the mining industry, um, and uh, we we classify ourselves as venture capitalists so right. we, we give we give entrepreneurs who want to start a company with promise we help fund them and uh, and there, if there's good management in place a good asset and it's in the right sector we're able to fund those deals um, as far as the 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 new tech companies that have that have propped up like you said the new bitcoin and cryptocurrency i stayed completely away from that i also stayed away from cannabis mm. i wasn't interested in that side of the business um, i didn't think there was uh enough room for, for all the companies that came out and were promoting themselves. Um, it was a, a saturated market, um, and um, I didn't have uh, any interest in that side of the market as, at all um, as well, because that was quite um, buoyant about three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Everybody was doing cannabis deals. That's um, right. And a lot of them failed. Now, um, our province, uh, British Columbia, actually, for that matter, the whole of Canada, uh, an area where mining um, is is uh, very profitable, uh, but you have to know, you know, which mines or which companies do you put your money in. For British Columbia, which is the uh, most profitable mining sector? Which one is it? Is it do we have do we have oil? Do we have uh, um, precious stones? Do we have diamonds? What do we have? Cobalt. Yeah, right now, well, obviously, it, historically, it's uh, obviously gold and silver. Okay. Um, but now, what's happening? Klondike hap- silver stuff yeah, like yeah. that? Okay. And, but, but now, Shishman, it's an interesting question that you pose. Is uh, Canada, particularly British Columbia and Eastern Canada, is, is behind in, 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 in the exploration of a, of a mineral called lithium? Um, and lithium is, uh, is a, um, a mineral that uh, um, is, uh, powers the batteries for yes. electric vehicles. Uh, the, uh, right now, the Chinese, the Australians, the uh, Argentinians, and, and Chileans are the ones that produce most of the lithium around the world. And uh, uh, most recently, in the last year, year and a half, uh, Ontario, Quebec, and British Columbia have now started to open up. Permits are more uh, readily available, mm. and entrepreneurs are now looking at hard rock lithium. Mm. Um, so I, I, I particularly think if you're looking at companies to invest in, in a sector that I think's got some legs, mm. which means longevity. Mm. Um, I think lithium in British Columbia, uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, um, Ontario, Quebec is an area that uh, I'm going to be focusing on. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned lithium and battery life. You know, batteries, uh, obviously, in the coming years, it's not going to happen overnight. But in the next little while, a lot of cars will either be hybrids or purely electric cars, and they'll run on battery life so when you have a lithium battery um, obviously it's the the longevity of a battery is what is going to make uh, 
that particular car company more profitable. How do I, I'm not asking you how a battery works, but how does that all work? Yeah, you, you pose a good question because there's there's a few areas that uh, that the markets hasn't digested yet. That's yes. going to be infrastructure ideas is what you're talking about. Right. Is where do you charge your battery? A lot that's of people right, right now have uh, electric vehicle anxiety because they're driving their vehicle <laughs> from here maybe to Coquitlam and they're wondering, do I have enough charge? That's and right. and yeah. where do I go charge it if I that's do start right. running that's out? Right. So the charging facilities and infrastructure isn't there yet. No. The disposing of the batteries when they get uh, down very low isn't there right now. Mm. Where are you going to dispose of these batteries? And the length of how long they last, mm. that technology still has to be improved. Um, so the governments are looking at that. But you talk, you look at what's happening in the United States and what Biden and his government's talking about. Is they're they're hoping by 2035, Shishma, that seven of the ten vehicles in the United States are electric. Wow. So that's a very, very you know, ambitious very goal. Ambitious but goal. you're going to have to look at all the infrastructure. Where are you going to charge all these cars? Where are you going to dispose of the batteries? Can technologies develop where you can get long, longer life batteries? And that's areas that we're going to focus on as well. Wow. Um, when, you, when you think like that, in the morning when you're waking, you do you still wake up at five in the morning? No. <laughs> <laughs> I give myself two extra hours of sleep. Seven o'clock, Shishma. <laughs> So no, no longer uh, doing the hard 18-hour uh, day. No, thank God. You know, I'm yes. focusing on my faith, my family, my health, and then just the odd deal I look at. You know, your family has also, um, you're known for your philanthropic work in British Columbia through your personal contributions and charitable organizations that your family has founded. You have also personally been very helpful to young kids. You mentioned in the program as well uh, that if you are a player, don't give up. Uh, play. You know, continue hard work and so on and so forth. You're very soft as far as uh, as kids are concerned. You know, you, you want them to get into sports. What have you done for them? Uh, and who, I, I know that just recently Caldasanje's Kids Play um, you know, gave you an award at, at the gala in the trailblazer category. Um, and Cal is is another person who is so interesting, you know, uh, a good friend too. And he's having uh, another gala coming up in the next weekend. May the 5th. May the 5th, that's yes. right. So tell us something about your work with kids and and especially sports yeah and and, and why is probably the best yeah, question to yeah. ask is 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 that my high school coach and my college coaches put their arm around me and said we don't care what nationality you are you're a good person you're mm. a good player and you're a good teammate and they helped me get through a lot of difficult times as a young south asian male back in the 70s and 80s and for that i never forgot them and I thought if I had an opportunity to help one child the way I got helped, I would do that uh, once I be became successful and, and had some funds to allocate to philanthropy. So my family and I, we focused on y youth, mm. uh, youth in our community. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I uh, was introduced to Cal Desange to a friend of mine in 2015 mm. when he first started Kids Play. Yes. And uh, Cal made me an ambassador, which I was very honored to be an ambassador. Mm -hmm. And I helped financially. I helped mentoring. Uh, I helped with some of the events. Um, I brought other people into the organization, and uh, I um, am very proud to be part of that organization, a small part. And uh, the gala that they're putting on on May the 5th this is an area that they're raising money for an area that we don't talk about a lot. It's starting mm -hmm. to get more 
prevalent in our community about mental health. Mm. Uh, when I was growing up, if you said you were depressed or down, you were weak. You were considered weak. Wow. So you didn't talk about it. Yeah. You just, back in the 70s, no one talked about mental health. Just, no, you mm. know, look what you've gone through in your life right. and how, how tough you hung in there. You yeah. never gave up. No. And you are where you are. I came into the front here and I look at all the awards and plaques that you got, all the recognition from all the politicians in our community, uh, from prime ministers to, you know, our premiers, from individual organizations. You care. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what I decided I was going to do. So we started to help out with Cal mm-hmm. and um, also helped out with, uh, with um, It's a Girl thing. We're really proud of that, too. It was yeah. an RCMP program in Surrey yeah. that focused on young Indo-Canadian girls and getting them into university and, 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 and other vocational institutions. Right. That you don't have to just get married and have children. Mm. You can go and have a career. You can be a broadcaster. You can be a doctor. You can be a, So we would get our Indo-Canadian doctor friends, mm. lawyer friends, um, uh, physicians, um, teachers, and I would, my wife and I would have them come and present to these girls mm. at the high schools and say, look, I, bec- I was you. Mm. I grew up in Surrey. I grew up in Abbotsford. Mm. You know, and look at me. I'm a doctor. Mm. I work for the Vancouver Police Department. I work for the Vancouver uh, uh, Children's Hospital. Right. I'm a lawyer. Mm. Um, and that emboldened the young women. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to say, look, there's a, there's, there's a life for you mm. outside the home. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually, if you want to be a you know, homemaker, great, but you can have a career. So It's a Girl thing was a, 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 a philanthropic idea that we had that we were really behind in, the, in about, it was about 10 years ago, we started that with the RCMP in Surrey. Kids play with Cal Desange. Right. And then we look at the East End Boys Club, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Crescenza. He's got a lot of <clears throat> young kids there. They come from real tough backgrounds, right. all different kind of communities. And uh, we go there and mentor them, help them with programs in the theater, sports. Uh, my, my old high school, New West Football, Farhan Lalji is a good friend of mine. He's a TSN sportscaster. Yes. And he uh, came, up, came to me about over 20 years ago and said, let's restart this football program that New West had disbanded right. in 1978. Yeah. And we restarted it, uh, I guess it was 22 years ago. Right. And I helped put that together with Farhan financially. He did all the heavy lifting. Mm. I just came and just tried to just promote it and get the community moving with it. And New West just, em- it just embraced football there. Mm. I'd say over 150 kids went to college because of that program. Wow. It won a BC High School Championship in 2016. And it's one of the only schools in Canada that graduated two high school students to go on full-ride scholarships in the United States NCAA Division I, Shishma. Whoa. <laughs> so we changed kids' lives yes. by doing that, like mine was changed. Right. So I'm proud of that. Now, you know, you mentioned uh, mental health. Um, and it, it, it has, in a way, become a buzzword. Uh, but in a way, I am glad that people are talking about it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, for any uh, issue... Or any concern, there are two sides to it, right? Uh, a good one and the bad one. If if you're talking about mental health, you mentioned as a child, you could never say to someone, oh, I'm depressed, you know, or I, nothing is going my way. And that is an issue with kids that are going, that are growing up right now. So I have a feeling that mental health issues were there then as well, mm-hmm. when we were growing up. Yes, but we were never allowed to talk about them? No. And if we were allowed to talk about them, do you think life would have been different? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Maybe we wouldn't have... 
<coughs> maybe we Shushma, we wouldn't have dug in so hard to try and make it, you know? There you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe there's too much, um, I don't know how to put it. but Coddling? Maybe, yeah. yeah you know, to a certain extent. Yeah, because because when when it comes to mental health, now I I I believe in what Kids Play is doing. They're yeah. they're taking the holistic approach. That's right. So they're taking the approach that <clears throat> look, let's a talk about it, b let's talk to your doctor, mm. let's get a psychiatrist involved. Okay, let's get your friends and your family involved. Let's have a whole holistic kind of uh, effort here. Let's not just go to a doctor and get a pill. Yeah, there's something deep rooted within here. That's you right. know that you need to do. And the other thing that I, I I've I've been talking a little bit about is I think we've lost a sense of family in our communities. Oh. When's the last time our listeners, yeah. that, your listeners here on yeah. on the radio, when's the last time they sat down, all the kids and everybody at dinner, yeah, and talked about how their day was? I think I COVID my has parents, also killed it too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, COVID had a lot to do with the, with those issues because it isolated a lot of us. And and you know some people just liked that and don't want to get together with anybody else. And some people have felt so lonely because of that, that, you know, that could be another reason why people are feeling so isolated and uh, mental health issues are coming up even more because we are social beings. We need to be with mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when, when COVID first started, they were saying social distancing? I know. So oh, <laughs> instead of physical distance, social distancing. And I think that was probably the wrong word to use at that time. Anyway, we're not going there. That's you, know, you, know, you, know, you know, you're mentioning the word social? Yes. What about social media? Did you grow up with it? No. No, I of didn't. course not. Well, you know, the cell phones that I had when I was a broker, they were like massive <laughs> huge, huge I still things. have one. Nowadays, nowadays, these kids, yeah. wherever they are, whatever they're doing, everybody knows everything. Even Siri knows everything. That's an issue, Shishma, with mental yeah. health too, I yeah. think, with all this Twitter and Facebook and you know, people fixing themselves up online and that, and, and someone may be down or depressed, but for that one second, they take a picture that makes it look like they're having the time of their lives. Yeah, I know. So it's hard for our youth from that perspective too. And I yes. think they should that should be spoken about too in this whole holistic approach. Yes. And I think that's what Cal's doing with Kids Play. He's raising money for mental health. He's helped so many of our young kids in our community get off the wrong track. Mm. He's got them. You know, when I first started uh, helping him in 2015, he's the founder. Mm. Uh, he, he had very few volunteers. He has hundreds and hundreds of volunteers now. Oh, oh yes. Young Indo-Canadian girls and boys. And it's just great to see, you know, it's it's uh, it's he's 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 creating a whole village of these of these of these youth that are going to be our future. That's true. That are giving back to, to our communities. You know, I remember when he first started, it was, he was heartbroken that our youth is going into drugs and gangs and so on and so forth. And um, I followed him one day um, with my camera crew uh, while he was on a beat in East Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And to see the type of work that he was doing and what he was seeing and absorbing and, and then using it in kids play to make sure that our youth don't go there. You know, it is very important, and I'm and I'm very glad that you are associated with that. One last question on mental health. So, every kid uh, goes through uh, the issue. You know, I mean, some people feel that if you are going to talk a lot about it, it sort of becomes an issue in its own self and takes its own life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, we don't have to be too vocal about it. I don't know, how, how do you feel about that? Should we be talking a lot about this? You know, I, I, think, I think anything to help um, 
you know, people get through difficult times and stuff. I think it's, conversation is good. Mm. Um, I think the pendulum swinging too far one way isn't mm. healthy. I think it being in the in the middle is probably better for for everyone. I think right now the pendulum just swung way too far to one side, but it is an issue that's out there. The problem is that people start some people start using it as a crutch sometimes. Yes, and uh, and you know you 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 have like in in. In life, you have a, a place that you're born into mm. and your circumstances you're born into. You're the only one that can change those. No matter how much help you get or how much people talk to you, you got, you've got to do it yourself. Yeah, if you don't want to do it, nobody's no matter gonna, how many people help you. Nobody's going to do it for it's you. It's not going to happen. But I think, I think talking about it, getting help about it, talking to your family and having a mentor around you that you can talk to, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Just, I think that's good. That's good and healthy. Where do you see yourself in the next five years? My gosh, in the next five years, I see myself focusing a lot on my, f continue to focus on my faith, mm. um, my family, and, and doing more traveling, Shushma. Slowing mm. things down and smelling the roses, really. Is there, is there a place uh, on this earth that you've always wanted to go to, be, uh, visit, or maybe live? No, no place like living here. I know <laughs> uh, every time you go visit somewhere else and the plane lands back in Vancouver, you're like, wow. Um, I'm back Even here. if it's raining and snowing <laughs> and stuff. I mean, look at today. It's just absolutely gorgeous and it's yes. just why we live here. That's right. No, I've been really lucky and fortunate enough to see a lot of really neat places in, in my life. And I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be, Shishma. I'm, yeah. I'm home. Yes. You're home. Yeah. Great. I wish you all the best, uh, David, for taking time. And I just... We just met one day and, and I said, hey, David, I've never done an interview with you. Would you come to the studio? Yes, you said. You know, it, it takes uh, courage to come and talk about yourself. Thank you, Shishma. I just wanted to make one quick note of, uh, to, to your listeners about um, the SFU football team. Yes. Um, I, I, I was, uh, you know, found out about the fact that they were going to uh, disband the program and they shut it down oh. up at SFU and... Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody, SFU and SFU alumni, men and women that played sports at SFU, if they could come up and support the team, hmm. let the university know what sports what, what sports means to them. Hmm. And uh, I just hope that uh, up at SFU, they use the right process in terms of, uh, of looking at all the different sports that they have up there. I know back in 2014, UBC was going to um, uh, stop their football program. Right. And a group of alumni um, there stepped up and uh, and saved the program. Um, and there was a process there at UBC. And I'm just hoping the pro there's a process at Simon Fraser and that um, female and male athletes at, U at, at SFU, f former athletes and, and, and present athletes, step up and support the, the football team um, there at, at SFU. Because football meant everything to me. And I can't imagine the boys there at SFU not playing. That's a good one. I, I, I like that. And thank you very much for bringing that up. You're welcome. And have a great life. Thank you very much, Susma. We'll see you again much yes. sooner than, uh, than the last time, okay? Oh, much, much sooner. I, I think we're going to get a lot of people calling us and saying, we'd like to talk to David soon than later. <laughs> With that, we come to the end of our show. We're We'll be here tomorrow and Pankaj Gogna is going to be my guest tomorrow. He'll be able to answer all your questions astrologically. Stay tuned for the Drive Home Grind VDJ Flight and Maya right here on Spice Radio and your requests with Nutan on Radio Rimjah.